What's up everybody? Today I'm going to be talking about the concept of a food addiction and I'm going to start this off right off the bat by saying you don't have a food addiction. You don't have a food addiction. This the, the concept of food addiction has actually been researched extensively and there has been little to no evidence found to show that food has any kind of addictive pathology in the brain. And I know this is like totally contrary to all of the messages that we get bombarded with, with the diet industry and diet culture that day after day just compounds these thoughts and ideas in our head that we can't trust our body, that we can't keep the cookies in the house because if we keep the cookies in the house, then we're just going to want to eat them and we can't trust ourselves. So we have to keep them out of the house. I, I know how the story goes, right? You keep binging on the cookies, so you think you have a problem with cookies, so you try to avoid the cookies at all costs, you think you're addicted to the cookies, so you keep the cookies out of the house, and, and you go on this restrictive diet plan with food rules that avoids the cookies, but the, the thing is that cookies exist in the world. Cookies are everywhere. They're in every supermarket, They're, they are on every street corner, they're at every birthday party, every function, they're in every vending machine. Right, so, so even though you try to avoid them at all costs, they're still everywhere. So you find yourself, lo and behold, you find yourself with cookies over and over and over again. And the thing that you are afraid of is the thing that you have manifested in front of you, binging on cookies over and over again, just like you keep telling yourself you're going to do if you come in contact with them. So you're constantly falsely proving to yourself that you do have a problem with the food, that you do have a problem with the cookies. But here's the thing, in all of the research that has been done, what the research concludes is that we only observe addictive type behaviors in the presence of restriction. So in other words, when, when you're eating the cookies, it's not actually eliciting any kind of neurotransmitter response in the brain that is characteristic of an addiction like with drugs and alcohol, for example. When people utilize drugs and alcohol, there, there is an overflow of feel-good neurotransmitters in the brain that they feel really good, right? And then when, when a person stops using the substance, there is a low that follows it. And because the brain has just gotten such an overflow of these feel-good neurotransmitters, it stops producing those neurotransmitters on, on its own. The brain stops producing it on its own. So the individual needs to utilize the substance again in order to get the neurotransmitters. And this is how addiction occurs with drugs and alcohol, but this is not actually what's happening with food. I will say, uh, uh, before I go on, I, I wanna pause for a moment and just say, listen, food is supposed to feel good. It's supposed to feel good to eat. When you're hungry and you eat something and, and you sit and you say, oh, you know, I'm satisfied. This feels really good. It's supposed to feel good. It's supposed to make you happy. This, this diet culture, this diet industry world that we live in has us at such a war with our bodies. It has instilled so much shame within ourselves that anything that we do that feels good, we're supposed to feel bad about it. You're allowed to feel good when you eat. Food is a necessity to your life. Saying that it's bad to feel good when you eat, it's like saying it's bad to, to feel good when you breathe oxygen. Or it's bad and shameful to feel good when you get a really good night's rest of sleep. It, it's preposterous, right? So, 
So before I move on, I just want to say you are allowed to feel good when you eat things like cookies. It doesn't mean that you're addicted to them. It means that you're just enjoying your life. Okay. Okay. So going back to the comparison versus drugs and alcohol and food, I know because you maybe have gotten yourself into this, this cycle of restricting the cookies and then binging on them. You think that you're addicted to the cookies. So like we, like the intervention that we have for drugs and alcohol, the the intervention for drugs and alcohol is to abstain. Stop doing the drugs altogether. Stop, stop drinking the alcohol altogether. That is the intervention. And for most people, that is the correct intervention for drugs and alcohol. So logically we think, right? Oh, since the intervention for drugs and alcohol is abstinence, then, then the intervention for my cookie addiction must be abstinence as well, right? So that's what you do. You, you try to get rid of the cookies, try not to come in contact with them. Except the reason why that doesn't work is because cookies are not drugs and alcohol. What's happening in the brain is actually not what is happening in the case of things like substances, okay? Now, I'm going to shift for a moment because I will say there is a part of the cycle of this binging and restricting that is actually addictive, but it is not, it is not the food part, but there is a part of this that is addictive. There is a part of this cycle that does elicit these feel good neurotransmitters. You are just looking in the wrong place. I'm going to invite you now to reflect, reflect on the last time that you binged on food. Let me ask you, did you feel high after you binged? Did you eat a whole bunch of cookies or whatever your binge foods are? Did you overeat and get really full and stuffed? Did you feel high? Did you feel good? Were you elated? Did you eat a whole bunch of food and then go out and say, oh, I feel so amazing right now. I can take on the world. No, I know you didn't. Because, and not just because I, I just know this, but also the research shows that, like, like I said, this has been researched ex- extensively. The research shows that when people binge on food, it's followed by a depression. There is so much guilt and shame. This, the guilt, the shame, the depression, this is the opposite, the opposite of addiction. That's the low that's the rock bottom. When somebody drinks too much alcohol and they wake up the next day with an awful hangover, nobody says, oh, I love being hungover. I drink for the hangover. The hangover is the best part. No, 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 that's crazy, right? But that's what you sound like when you say that you're addicted to cookies. That's what you sound like when you say that you are addicted to binging on cookies. You're talking about the hangover from the high. So where's the high in this cycle? Well, I'll tell you. The part of the cycle that you're actually addicted to is the dieting. You're addicted to the restriction. You are addicted to to dreaming and hoping and planning all of the things that a weight loss diet you think will bring you. 
right? That's the part that's fun and dreamy. That's the part that elicits the neurotransmitters. And the binge on your, the, the, the binging on your binge foods, it, it lays, it's the rock bottom that lays the foundation for you to be able to experience that high again. Think about it. When you think about losing weight, what do you think that's going to bring you? Do you think losing weight is going to bring you more confidence, more, uh, more love into your life, more acceptance, more money? Think like what, when you're sitting there thinking, oh, you're planning out your, your week, your, your diet, your diet that starts on Monday. What are you hoping that that diet is going to bring you? Love, hope, acceptance, confidence. These are the things that, that we feel addicted to. Uh, well, not the things that we feel addicted to, but this whole act of, of dreaming and hoping, that is the place where the high is elicited. But then, you know, so, all right, so then you go on your diet, you start your restriction, you're all gung-ho, you say, yes, I'm going to do this, great. You, you know, you start your 1,200 calorie meal plan or whatever it is you, you do that, that you think is going to bring you all of these things that a smaller body is going to bring you. But then it becomes incredibly unsustainable, right? You, you, can't, you can't sustain a low calorie diet. You can't, sustain, you can't sustain restriction. Your physiology can't handle it. Like we talked about in, in the previous podcast episode right? Unsustainable. So what happens is after a period of restriction, after a period of feeling this high, you reach a breaking point because your body can't take it anymore. You need to eat. So then lo and behold, you find yourself binging again, binging on the cookies. And, and this is the false evidence right? You're looking in the wrong place. You, this is your false evidence. You, you're, you find yourself in the cookies again and you say to yourself, look, see, I am addicted to cookies. I have a problem with food. And right there, that is where the focus needs to change. That is the point of interest that we need to reframe. We need to extract it, throw it out and reframe it because that is not where the problem is. The problem is the restriction. The food is not the problem. The food is never the problem. Never was, never will be. I will, <laughs> you will never hear me in all of these podcast episodes ever say that food is the problem. It's not. It's something else. The, food, the binging on the food is the hangover from the high of restricting and dieting. And the longer you focus on the food, the longer you, you put your efforts into trying to control the food, trying to keep the food out of the house, trying to structure and, and micromanage and restrict yourself, the longer you are going to stay in this cycle. You're looking in the wrong place. The place that we break this cycle is with the restriction. You need to break the restriction and that is how you get out of this cycle. And I know it totally sucks, right? And this is what's so hard about it because after you binge, you feel this tremendous guilt and shame and what you're looking for, you're, you're looking to be relieved of that pain. And that's what the, the thoughts of dieting does. It relieves you of the pain and the shame of this overeating and, and the fear of the weight gain and what the weight gain will mean for you. 
So so you try to diet to regain some kind of control over this, and that is a relief. It's like, oh, take another shot of tequila. Okay, now the pain went away. That's what the dieting is. The dieting is the shot of tequila. So how do we break this cycle? Well, well, we stop restricting. So here's my advice to you that I, I hope you walk away from this episode with. The next time you binge, if you binge, or maybe this podcast episode will be enough to convince you not to diet anymore completely, but I know that's really difficult. So I will say, if you find yourself in a binge episode again, take some time to yourself, sit, pause, relax, breathe into it, and encourage yourself the next day to wake up and just continue eating as quote unquote normal. If you missed the episode before this, go back to the first episode where I teach you how to build a framework of eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, and two sna- at least two snacks a day with protein, carbs, and fat. Wake up the next day, eat a full breakfast, even if you're not hungry. I know, I know. It, after a night of binging, you might wake up the next day and you might feel stuffed and gross and just shame and just, just not hungry. Eat anyway. Eat that full breakfast. Go on to have a snack. Go on to have a full lunch. Go on to have another snack. Go on to have a full dinner. Even if you're not hungry for these things, bring yourself to eat them anyway. And I know it sounds completely counterintuitive, but if you give into that urge to restrict again, you're just going to fall right back into that cycle. I know it sounds crazy. I know it's a, some of you might be, the, the anxiety might be going up right now thinking about eating a full breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks after a night of binging. But that is really, really, truly how you break the cycle. I have been counseling now for about five years, about five years now. I have worked with hundreds of individuals at this point, And I promise you, I have never, I have never seen somebody I've really honest to God, I have never seen somebody really intentionally nourish themselves the following days after a binge and the cycle not be broken. I've seen people go back to restricting, like getting triggered and then maybe going back to restricting and then the binging happens again. But those people who really commit to intentionally nourishing themselves, the cycle breaks. It really does. It really does. So I will conclude this by again reinforcing that you're not addicted to food. If you're looking at the binge, you're looking at the wrong place. That is not where the addiction is. The food is not the addiction. The addiction is with the restriction. I hope this episode helped you today. I'm going to leave the link down below in the show notes for um, the application to apply to work with me if you feel like you need some extra assistance navigating all of this craziness. Um, And with that being said, I will leave you with that. I hope you enjoyed. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.